Shake, shake, Sinora, shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora, work your body line. What's up, movie and TV lovers? Welcome to Something Cinematic, the podcast where we talk about what we've recently watched in the world of movies and television. I'm your host, George Lopez, and this is actually going to be a solo cast episode. Um, my co-host, Mike Gonzalez, he couldn't be here today, but I thought I'd put an episode out there because there are some things I wanted to talk about. So in this episode... I'm going to talk about a couple of shows that I've been catching up on and ending with a blockbuster movie. Um, actually, you know what? I think I'm going to do the movie first. So so I'm going to start with this blockbuster movie that's currently in theaters, and then I'm going to end by talking about two shows that I've been watching. Yeah, so uh, it should be fun. Um, before I get started, remember that you can find all of Something Cinematic's episodes on our website, and you can subscribe there at somecinema.com and on iTunes where you can actually leave us a review. So yeah, that'd be great. Help us out. Alright, so jumping right in. The movie I wanted to talk about is Man of Steel. So Man of Steel is the highly anticipated Superman reboot from director Zack Snyder. Many of you guys are familiar with Zack Snyder's work, I'm sure. His most uh, notable work includes you know, the movies 300, the movie Watchmen, and more recently Sucker Punch. Um, so he's kind of all over the place when it comes to how well-liked his movies are by the general public and the critics. So obviously there was a lot of skepticism about this project when people found out that he was going to be directing this new Superman movie, especially since he has his own unique style. And, um, you know, lots of people weren't sure how that style would look in the Superman uh, universe or, you know, the DC universe. Or whether he would even apply it. Um, there was a lot of talk and shift in overall appeal to the movie. Um, I think once that first teaser trailer came out, people started to really get excited about it because it looked different from the usual Snyder style. You know, in that in that first teaser trailer, and because the trailer seemed to really embody a Terrence Malick feel. You know, with Malick being a a well respected director. Um, this definitely created some good buzz for the movie. Um, you know, it definitely got me pretty pumped for it. You know, it really got me uh, pumped to check it out. So, uh, so the movie Man of Steel, it stars Henry Cavill. I think that's how you say his name, Cavill, <laughs> as Superman. And uh, Cavill is actually a relatively unknown face, um, but the supporting cast is full of very familiar faces. You know, Amy Adams as Lois Lane and Kevin Costner and Diane Lane as Superman's parents on Earth. And Russell Crowe as his biological father from uh, Planet Krypton. Um, Michael Shannon plays the antagonist in the, in, the, in the film. He's been actually in a ton of movies before. But he's kind of one of those guys that stays below radar. You know, a lot of people don't know his name. They're probably familiar with his face, but don't really know his name offhand like these, those other actors I just mentioned. But he's actually a very talented guy, um, and I think he has progressed quite nicely as an actor as his projects have have come and gone. Um, he's had really small roles, and, and he's starting to finally, you know, get larger roles, um, you know, especially with this movie. So overall, a well-known cast, you know, overall. All right, so the actual movie itself, okay, where do I begin? Uh, <laughs> there's actually quite a bit to really process with this movie so many characters so many stories 
so many relationships, so much action, and you know, particularly at the end. Um, overall, I wasn't a fan of this movie. I, I like I said, I was really pumped to check it out. I went to a midnight screening. You know, had a decent crowd that also seemed to be into the movie. I would say a good a good you know percentage were really seemed to really be really into it. Um, but I was just not one of those. I was not one of those people. Um, there was definitely a lot to process with life on Krypton. I didn't expect as much of that as there was in the movie. And immediately from that opening, I felt pretty uncomfortable. You know, there, there was a lot of cringeworthy... Uh, I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm using it. <laughs> there was a lot of cringeworthy dialogue. And it kind of carried out throughout the entire movie. Um, not only was the dialogue a bit hammy, but a couple of scenes made me made me cringe too. There was in you know I'm gonna avoid spoilers. Definitely not gonna spoil anything for you guys. Uh, I'm not gonna be very vague in some of my you know a couple of these descriptions here. But there was an early scene where he's in school as a kid and he locks himself in a closet, and the interaction that followed with his mom was not very good. You know that scene was there to try to make you feel something. The music playing too. But it, it just came off as forced. You know, there were there were a couple of moments in that movie that I won't be specific about in order to avoid the spoilers. But, you know, there were mo- moments like that that also just made me feel a bit uncomfortable. And, you know, moments that just didn't seem earned and just, just felt awkward. You know, those things can be made up for with other elements of the movie. But there was also another huge problem that I had with this with this film. And again, you know, I'm avoiding spoilers. But as you would expect, there's like a huge action scene at the end. Um, to sum it up, I would just say that this movie absolutely suffered from what I like to call the Matrix Reloaded Syndrome. And I promise you I didn't just make that up for this episode. It's really something that I diagnose some movies with, specifically action flicks. And, uh, you know, I've actually heard this reference. The the movie Matrix Reloaded was actually referenced in another podcast in Slash Film. Uh, But, yeah, this is seriously something that I I like to, quote-unquote, diagnose some movies with. Hear me out, okay? So the Matrix Reloaded syndrome is when a live-action movie relies so much on CGI that the movie watcher, you, that has already put up with and accepted all the fantasy all the sci-fi, you know, all the unrealistic elements within the universe of this movie you're watching, and you can no longer take any more, resulting in the film suffering just a horrible CGI-induced death. You know, when a movie is just drowned in CGI, a live-action movie. So, if you've seen The Matrix Reloaded, you know what I'm talking about, because, you know, it's, uh, you know, fight scenes that just go on forever, and that are so obviously CGI, that you just don't care because the fact that it's just all fake is being beaten into your head. You lose focus and it's just so hard to buy into, you know, because it's just too much. And that's what happened to this movie. It, you know, it just got to a point where it was too much. It was a bit overwhelming and I just wanted it to be over, you know. It was just a little too much. But I will say this, okay? With all the negativity aside... And to end this this uh, this pretty short uh, Man of Steel review, I guess, in a positive note, <laughs> um, I must give credit when credit is due. And despite some of the lines that the, the cast had to act out, the acting was actually pretty good overall. Cavill was okay. And seriously, that dude got fucking ripped for this role. I mean, fucking ripped. 
it's crazy. Like the, I, I didn't, I didn't think humans could get that rip. Uh, but yeah, he was in phenomenal shape for it. He really threw his, you know, he he really got in there, you know, for this role. Freaking worked his ass off. So yeah, props to him. You know, good acting overall throughout the film too for Cavill. And Amy Adams was great too. I loved her role as Lois Lane. She was great. She was fantastic. They did a good job of writing her character. You know, she she had a lot of depth. And that's something that here on the show, we Mike and I have actually talked about before, how we really appreciate it, you know, when there's a strong woman character in movies or TV shows. It's something you don't see as much as you, you should. You know, most of the time they give a, a, the proper treatment to all these male characters, these male protagonists and everything. But it's it's a rarity when when a when a female character gets gets a lot of depth, and uh, they did a great job with 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 Amy Adams as Lois Lane. You know, def- big props. You know, it's something like I said that Mike and I, we we actually love to see stuff like that when a woman character gets uh, well written and and a lot to do, and not just the typical typical damsel in distress kind of character. I mean, there are, obviously there are some moments like that in the movie, but overall it was you know it was a pretty strong performance and. And a strong character overall. So that was great. That was definitely awesome Awesome to see. Uh, Russell Crowe was good too. Um, he definitely gave the character more life than most other actors would have done. You know, he, he was really good. And like I said, Michael Shannon does evil pretty good. Though people have made the case that he's not necessarily evil. But I'll leave that argument to everyone else. You know two-thirds of the film actually looked really good and I know I said I was just bashing the CGI and everything but when you take away about 90% of the fighting it it looks really good you know the cinematography was 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 really good at, at points you know particularly with some of the flying sequences they they look really cool yeah so so the movie overall it had its moments it wasn't terrible Though I made, I know I made it made it sound that way by talking about the CGI in that in the fight scene, but you know it wasn't terrible. The movie wasn't terrible, but I just I just didn't like it very much. It wasn't you know I th- I think it could have been better if they would have cut down some of the fighting and concentrating a little bit more on the story and and maybe even Michael Shannon's character. I just I don't know like you know it was it was a decent movie but a little disappointing. So yeah, so that's Man of Steel. And uh, moving on, I wanted to talk about a couple of TV shows that I've been catching up on lately. And one of those is 30 Rock. 30 Rock is a show that just recently went off the air. It ran, actually ran, how many seasons was it? Seven, seven seasons, seven very strong seasons actually. It was between 2006 to earlier this year. And the show was, was created by Tina Fey. Everyone knows Tina Fey. Everybody loves Tina Fey. For those of you living under a rock that aren't familiar with the show, you know, it stars Tina Fey as Liz Lemon, who is a lead comedy writer for a sketch comedy show. It's kind of like a SNL type show. And this, you know, 30 Rock is like a behind the scenes look at what goes on behind the scenes of the show and also what goes on in the lives of the characters, the writers, and the suits that run the station and, you know, all the shenanigans that they all get into. The show has a pretty huge cast. It has a really huge supporting cast, including Tracy Morgan, who's fucking great, uh, Jane Krakowski, Jack McBrayer, Judah Friedlander, and Alec Baldwin in in iconic role as Liz Lemon's boss. Alec Baldwin, who I've always been a fan of, is and who was really good at comedy too. Not only he's a great dramatic actor, but he's also really really 
freaking hilarious. And I think one one of those uh, roles where I first saw how funny he could be was in Along Came Polly. He played uh, Ben Stiller's boss. I'm sure I, I'm pretty sure he's done other you know comedy stuff before that. But I just remembered it like in his later career. I remember watching him in that and just thinking how funny he was. And and I think there are some similarities to that character and this character. But but this is obviously this this character is 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 just better written just overall just great man like he's so awesome he's so funny and like i said he's he's definitely an iconic role one of those one of those characters that will be re- remembered for a long time he plays jack jack donaghy um and he was great he's great so i'm like i said i'm catching up and recently finished season three you know and like i said i really enjoy this show it's it's really funny and very quick-witted the whole cast is just super funny Tina Fey is such a damn good writer. You know, she writes a lot of these episodes. And, you know, like I said, she created the show. And Tina Fey actually wrote the movie Mean Girls. You know, and, and Mean Girls is one of those surprisingly good movies, too. You know, it was it's really funny. It's really funny and really enjoyable. So, so you know, she definitely has a pretty decent track record. Um, not, not a long track record as far as movies and, and, and TV show, but... TV shows, but she does, you know, she, obviously this is like her baby, you know, she created this thing and, and, uh, has done an amazing, did an amazing job with it. Seven very strong seasons. She definitely created something very unique with the Liz Lemon character and with the overall show. It's, it's so much fun to watch and I can see why there was such a huge following from beginning to the very end of the show, you know, when the show went off the air. Obviously it didn't get canceled. I'm pretty sure the show ended on its own terms. Which is good because it means the the showrunners were able to give it the proper ending they wanted, and I'm actually really anxious to watch the final four seasons. Um, but I but I want to space them out to savor the flavor. Uh, you know, lots of great cameos in this show too. Uh, so many great cameos. Will Arnett is great. A lot of people know him from Arrested Development. He was fantastic in this. He has he was in it quite a bit. Conan O'Brien comes on a couple of episodes. He plays himself. He was fantastic. Carrie Fisher. Who plays? Who's who's most notably uh, known f- as Princess Leia? She was great. She was great in this too. She was on for a couple of episodes. Very, very, very funny. Salma Hayek was fantastic too, and Al freaking Gore as himself too. Al Gore was on as himself, and that was just so much fun to watch. Uh, he was really good in it. I mean, his acting obviously is not the best, but it was just really fun to watch watch him and you know on the show as himself. It just it was a really fun episode that was definitely, and even though this is a comedy full of many wacky moments and wacky over the top characters, there were a couple of effective dramatic and sentimental moments, particularly in in season three with with Alec Baldwin's character Jack Donaghy and his mom on the show. Even those moments were pretty effective. It was it was really nice. I really liked it, and it's just so funny. Just a really funny show. So I really do encourage you guys and gals to check out Dirty Rock if you already haven't. All right, so to end the show, I wanted to talk about another show from NBC that has just been has brought me so much joy, <laughs> and that is Parks and Recreation. <laughs>
Parks and Recreation, like I mentioned, is a show that's also on NBC. This is still on the air. It's started in 2009. It had, I think it's like six seasons so far. And uh, this is a show with another, uh, also with a huge cast. This one stars Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope, a government employee from a small town in Indiana, Pawnee, Indiana. It also stars Rashida Jones, Nick Offerman, Aziz Ansari, and Aubrey Plaza, to just to name a few. And I mentioned this show in a post recently on the podcast's Facebook page. And one way I described it was by saying that it's a show that concentrates on a, on a department of a small town's government from Indiana. But the messages sent through Leslie Nope's character and just some of the situations can be tra- translated into statements of our national government and media, but in a super hilarious and fun way. A lot of stuff in the show can be translated in that way, but it's, it's really funny. It's so much fun. The, the characters are just fantastic. Like I said, I, I, I love this show. It, I'm midway through season three. You know, I actually watched the pilot episode when it first aired, but then I never picked it back up after missing a couple of episodes. And I picked it back up when the first few seasons were available on Netflix. It takes a few episodes to really catch its stride, but once the show figures out what it's trying to do midway through season one, it really takes off. You know, it's it's full of so many laugh out loud moments, and Chris Pratt, who I haven't even mentioned yet, is probably the funniest character in the show in the whole show. You know, but everyone everyone has their moments on the show, but Chris Pratt is pretty damn hilarious, and I'm gonna actually play a small clip of the show. And even though you can't see anything, <laughs> it's just audio, it trust that it's very, very funny. And it's, a, it's 26 seconds long, I think. And just, to, I guess, uh, to explain this scene, the Parks Department has been having trouble with catching someone that has been teeping a statue in one of the parks. And, and they send Chris Pratt to guard it, and while he's guarding it, those people actually end up teeping their office. So Leslie Nope thinks she knows who the person is that's defacing these, you know, these these statues. She thinks it's this little boy from town, and they catch him. So she wants to interrogate him to get him to confess for for teeping the statue. And so so she sends Chris Pratt in to try to give him a scare. And uh, Louis C.K. is actually in this scene too. He doesn't have any dialogue, but overall, just the, the whole episode was really funny, and this scene was just great. Yeah, he's never seen you before. So imply that you're someone very important and that you can make his life hell. <clears throat> Greg Pakaitis, would you like some boiling hot coffee? Your face? My name is Bert Macklin. Yeah. I'm with the FBI. Okay, alright, so I, like I said, I know you can't see anything, but trust me. It's it's really funny. Uh, that whole moment was just so fucking funny. Uh, Chris Pratt's character, amazing. The whole show is great. Check it out. If you watched that episode, you're familiar with that scene, and you probably had a good chuckle right now too. And hopefully, I'm not the only one that sounds like a little like a big dummy just giggling to himself over here. But I, I love it. Anyways, you know, like I said, a lot of the characters have their own moments in the show, and that's what I love about it. It seems like many of the characters get a lot of attention and lots of shows with huge casts 
end up concentrating on about three or four main characters with the rest mo- mostly being filter. But I think the show spreads out the attention pretty evenly, you know, with about six or so characters. And that's hard to do. You know, many of the characters get a lot of storylines and things to do. So there's never a dull episode. And it's all well balanced and they do it very well. I like all the characters. They're all great. Aziz Ansari, like I said, is great. Nick Offerman is fantastic. And they recently added Adam Scott and Rob Lowe. They joined the cast at the end of season two. And both of those characters have have actually been pretty great too. So yeah, Parks and Recreation on NBC, also available on Netflix and Instant Streaming. If you want to catch up, you won't regret it. It's super, super funny. Um, I love the show. And yeah, it's fantastic. Alright, I think that's about it. Pretty short episode, but uh, it was fun to do. Hopefully, Mike will be able to join me for the next one. We'll probably play a game, you know, some kind of movie trivia game again. And then look forward to episode... That'll be episode 29. And maybe episode 30, we'll have another top five list. We try to do them, you know, once every fifth episode, have a new top five list. So, yeah, look forward to some more fun from, uh, from, from the podcast in the, in the near future. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Remember that you can subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. You can subscribe on our website, somecinema.com. Help us out, you know, tell a friend about us and email us. If you have any questions about, about the show or if you have any input to the shows and movies we talk about, email us, podcast at somecinema.com. We'd love to get emails. So, so uh, find us on Facebook and Twitter. You know, all that good stuff. So uh, thanks for listening, you guys. And the song for this episode is Jump in the Line by Harry Belafonte. I hope I'm saying that right. But Jump in the Line by Harry Belafonte from Beetlejuice. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you later. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body liner. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora, work your body liner. Work, 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 Sinora, work it all the time. My girl's name is Sonora, I tell you friends I adore her. And when she dances, oh brother, she's a hurricane in all kinds of weather. Jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you, jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you, jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you, jump in the line, rock your body on time. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora, work your body line. Work, 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 Sinora, work it all the time. You can talk about cha-cha, tango waltz or the rumba. Sinora's dance has no title. You jump in the saddle, hold on to the bridle. Jump in the line, rock your body and time. Okay. I believe you jump in the line, rock your body, rock your body, child. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Somebody help me! Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Whoop. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Whoop.